Hello, and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. Today, I am joined by a beautiful repeat guest. So a few months ago, almost, I think it was last August time, because I was pretty heavily pregnant, I interviewed Fallon Satterfield on the podcast, loved her energy, loved everything she was about. You guys loved that episode too. Since then, a lot has changed for us or shifted or up-leveled. We've both moved homes. Um, She was recently married. I've had a baby. And she went through some shifts and some up-levels and realizations in her business and decided that she really wanted to focus more on creating true long-term wealth and a legacy when it comes to what she does with her money. And she'll really lay out in the podcast episode how she came to that conclusion and the shifts that she's made. But I wanted to have her come on and talk about that on the podcast because you know that I am passionate about you feeling empowered when it comes to your money. And I'm all here for creating long-term sustainable wealth in a way that feels good for you, creating a legacy for yourself, feeling empowered financially educated when it comes to what you can do with your money as well. So she shares a lot about what her journey has been like over the last few months with educating herself about how she can utilize her money in the stock market, how she can create compound interest and pay herself dividends and watch her money grow in the long term, not just putting that pressure or focus in her business doing the same things for her every single month. So there's lots of juiciness. There's lots of value in this podcast episode, but I do just want to share a little disclaimer before you dive into today's podcast episode. So I do have to say neither Fallon Satterfield or myself are financial advisors. Everything that we discussed on today's episode is just for educational purposes only. They're personal opinions and views. And if you want to make the best financial business or personal decisions that suit your own needs, then it's really important that you conduct your own research and even seek the advice of a licensed financial advisor if necessary. Always remember to make smart decisions and do your own research. But with that being said, let's dive into this really empowering topic on today's podcast episode. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. We have a very special repeat guest on the podcast today. (laughs) Welcome back, Fallon. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so we were chatting on the podcast, I think it's less than a year ago. June, maybe June, August, one of the two. (laughs) I just got married. Yeah, I was heavily pregnant. You had just (laughs) gotten married. We were congratulating you on your marriage. I was about to pop a baby out. My baby feels like she's all grown up now. I'm like, can't handle that. Um, and we've both moved out of LA. So a lot has, a lot has happened in that meantime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was excited to have you back because I have noticed you dive into something online and share very openly about your journey with trading and investments. And it's super fascinating to me for many different reasons. And it's going to be so educational for people on the podcast today. But before we even dive into all of that juiciness, I just would love to know like, what inspired you to go down that avenue more and Mm -hmm. share more about it online as well? Oh yeah. Okay. So let me go back to last year. So after... 2020. I think in 2020, the coaching industry had this huge, like expansive, like everyone's making more money. Money is easy. Everything's flowing. This is how it's going to be forever. Like, oh my God, I had made multiple six figures that year. Um, I had up to that point been like a, an entrepreneur for like maybe two and a half years. And I had had my biggest business at 900% in my revenue from the year before. I was like, oh my God, I made it. And I think from the space that I was thinking at that point in time was that I was heavily 
living in like the world of manifestation and energy and thinking that like, okay, once my energy incrementally gets to these places where I attract these things, there's no way that it can go below that. And so I made it, I'm here, it's up from here. Nothing else is ever going to happen. Like I'm never going to have less than 10K a month ever again, kind of vibe, mm-hmm. right? So that's the experience that I was having then. Moving into 2021, I started to notice a slower momentum in my business. And, you know, at that point, I started thinking it was more of just like, okay, I need a more heavier strategy. I need more funnels. I need ads. Maybe I tried that for a little bit. I need all these different things to start, um, you know, getting back to that space again that I was in in 2020, Mm. where everything just felt like it was like immensely flowing. Like, I mean, I was launching masterclasses. I had 200 people sign up for like a $77 masterclass. It was like, oh, this is easy. Like, great. This is how it is now. And so moving out of 2021 and into 2022, I just felt like the business side of things in the sense of the amount of clients I was attracting, the amount of people that were signing up, it just felt like unsustainable. It felt like, how is it that I could have this amount before I have proven systems, so many testimonials, my marketing is great, like what is happening, right? And it felt like I was trying so hard and doing all the things, but still not sustaining the level of results that I previously had. Mm -hmm. And so I really started to question like, what is like missing here? Like my mindset started to shift from, okay, is it just that me being an entrepreneur means I get to work for myself and make all this money and that's all I need to be wealthy? Or is there like something else? Like, are there like further steps that like I have not figured out? Right. So in 2021, I had invested in my first ever investment course, which I didn't even really know anything about what I was investing into. And it was really like cryptocurrency. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not a crypt, I'm not a crypto girl, by the way, I'm stock market, stock market girl. But that was my first really like introduction to investing and like understanding markets and understanding stocks and understanding um, how money grows. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, that, and then I invested in another program that like helped me understand that like the profits that you create in your business or your monthly income, like even though that goes up, that doesn't give you like the safety or the sustainability to be like, okay, great. I can go spend more money now. Um, Mm -hmm. I really needed to learn and started to learn that like, okay, profits, you divide those profits after your expenses and liabilities in paying off debts into percentages that you invest some of it, you save some of it, and you use some of it for leisure, whatever, right? And so as I started learning more and more about that and started really like utilizing those systems in my life with my money, I started to realize like, oh my God, like this is this is how real wealth is created. Real, real wealth is not created from making money and just continuously making more money and that's it. Because ultimately, like even in economic systems, like even if you look at the stock market, if you go look at any stock chart, you don't see a consistent moving up in price only. Like you might see a consistent trend, but in different economies during different years and different quarters, different periods, different economic events, all kinds of things, you see ups and downs in price movements of even the largest companies in the world, right? And so when I started like looking outside of the coaching industry and outside of like this spiritual mindset around money, and I started to like look at money from a tangible, practical perspective of creating wealth, I started to like click deeper and deeper into like what it takes to create wealth. And so that led me into finding out that I had an investment account that my aunt opened for me when I was like 15. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, so at that point I had like, you know, studied crypto. I was like, you know, listening to finance courses and stuff like that. And then I found out from my aunt that she had a Charles Schwab brokerage Mm -hmm. account open for me. And literally the value at that time was only like $500. And so I, you know, called them, I got the account switched over into, into, it was in my name, but I guess it was when you're younger, it's like an account where an adult manages it or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I got it transitioned over. 
I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Like I didn't start from zero in the sense of that because my aunt had started to like invest for me and there were like some dividend stocks in there and um, some growth stocks and value stocks and different things. And I was like, okay, wow, like I have a place to start, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, like I would say from there, like I took what it was that I had been really learning about and embodying in like 2021 and like started to like, okay, scaling my business, obviously still taking my profits, a portion of that saving for taxes, putting it in this investment account, doing research on stocks, uh, looking at the different fundamental nature of stocks, the technical nature, the financial nature, seeing if it's a good investment, putting my money into it every two weeks and just moving and going from there. And so that's really how I would say I got started and how what inspired me because like I was just so honestly so sick of like feeling like something was almost like something was wrong with me or I was missing something from people who are online who are like, oh, I made $8 million this year and I didn't use ads and you know, it was from three programs and my audience is only this small and blah, blah, blah. And like showcasing all of this supposed wealth, but it's like, you're not giving the full picture. Like Mm -hmm. you're not, and you're most definitely not giving the full picture for 97% of people in the coaching industry. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this vision and this marketing of like, I can promote this. And even though I've created this, you know, I can do this and promote it because that's what I've created. But when it comes to like statistically in society, there's a reason why most people aren't wealthy. There's a reason why there's a middle class. There's a reason why there's a a low class. Like it's not because like someone just comes out of the woodworks and decides they want to be an entrepreneur and suddenly makes a lot of money and now everyone can do it. It's not that simple. It's not that easy. Like there has to be for most people a strategy, a tangible strategy to creating wealth. And nine times out of 10, that doesn't happen with, you know, I got online in six months, I made a million dollars in my coaching business. That's just not the reality Mm -hmm. for most people. And some people I realize avoid that truth or don't like to hear that because we like to be disillusioned in the spiritual space. Sometimes we like to be like, no, everything's possible. There's infinite potential. I can do this. I can do that. But sometimes being in that mindset leads you down a path of looking back five years later and and questioning, well, why haven't I made a million dollars and why do I not feel on track to make a million dollars in my business? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, because you can't just depend on the money in your business alone. Like you have to put yourself Mm -hmm. on track to do that by having an investment strategy or, you know, things that you invest in or different sources of income that allow you to do that, you know? Well, I'm really hearing from that, that I would also talk about myself on this podcast is not comparing yourself to what you're hearing out there online, especially when it comes to results, especially when it comes to kind of the figures that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because I do think it's a little bit of a mindset trap because you think, well, if that person does that, why am I not doing that? And then it can cause you to take action in your business from a place of lack Mm -hmm. instead of first figuring out what is aligned and what is authentic for you. Mm -hmm. And that's like a whole other topic. But I do think when it specifically comes to your own money and how you feel around money, it's important to stay true to what is aligned for you and take action from what feels empowering and wealthy for you, not comparing it to what you think other people are making because right. you are, you're not in their bank accounts and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and right. you don't know what they're investing in or not investing in. And you, you just don't have the overall picture. Neither should you. It's the right. personal information. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to think I need to do this in order to get that because that person has this, but not actually take educated steps towards it. And yes. what I also excited to talk about with is, it's like with you is about how we can create more abundance and security, which I think so many of us desire mm-hmm. by take, making smart moves with our, with our businesses. And maybe this is the shift that's going to happen in the industry. I know it's happening for me. I know it's happening for my friends mm-hmm. in that we realize we can make money online and that's great. And maybe we all needed to go through that process first because 
it was incredible. It is incredible to realize you can create that magic and that abundance from within yourself. But now we're at the stage of like, okay, prove that. Yes. Now we need to really make educated decisions with our money so that we can create long-term wealth. Yes. Because I know for me, I don't want to run the same programs for 10 years. I don't no. want to do the same thing <laughs> over and over again. I changed I'm evolving. too much. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'd love you to share is that kind of piggybacking off of that about how it's like taking that pressure maybe even on our businesses to do the same thing month in month out and taking that smart making that smart move when it comes to money and investments and what that's even looked like for you step by step over the last yeah so if I take it back a little bit to last year I had when I really like was into investing trading really like taking time off from my business also because of a health issue last year um, I really started at a place where I worked inside of my mindset to like not feel in comparison or like almost like shameful in a sense because the coaching industry has a way to shame you and like if your business is not doing this then you know you have this problem right and there's so many people telling you all these problems you have but really it's like well is it really a problem or is it normal so the first step is like normalizing like even the biggest businesses like I promise you, if you go and look on yahoofinance.com and look at the quarterly earnings for different companies over time in different economies, you will see that even the largest, most profitable companies in the world do not make their earnings every quarter, or (laughs) they do not um, only have an incremental increase over and over, over time in a parallel fashion. Like, and if we look at that in the world's biggest companies and businesses, we also have to know that it will be similar, most especially having a small business who doesn't use ads and who doesn't have mass media um, advertisement. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that was the first step for me is like taking the pressure off of myself and feeling like I had to like perform in a certain way to prove myself that like I am doing the right things and that I can do this, right? Because I know what's in me. I've seen myself do it. And just in thinking about from the mindset that I had, then I'm like, I know what's in me. I know I can do this. However, what is going to be the business model for me that works in the sense of what sustainable scalability looks like for me? So I completely like all the programs I had created from previous years, I took that and I turned that into a membership. And then I created more content that was specifically for investing and trading and added that to the membership. And then I have like quarterly calls in there. And then the same thing with another thing that I did. I just restructured my business completely. I was like, I don't want to do like only one-off programs anymore and so many different things. Like I wanted more of a community vibe. So I changed my business model to like community subscription type of things. And simultaneously, while I was doing that, I was also really getting into like investing and trading, like more in a sense of like, okay, I've learned the information. Now I'm like really, really applying it. So I just for informational purposes, I trade stock options. And so in the sense of active trading, that's different than like, you know, long-term investing where it's like, I'm investing in growth stocks, value stocks, companies that I believe are going to have high net worth, high like importance to the economy. And I believe these companies are going to grow and grow and grow over time. And I want to invest in that so that I can have a gain on top of it in the next 10 to 20 years. Um, so that's one part of my my strategy is taking money that I trade with and make for my business and investing it in stocks and ETFs and index funds. And then um, outside of that, outside of my business in the sense of like a daily income creation and wealth creation, I active trading. So some people know it as day trading, swing trading, scalping, that kind of thing, which is where you're like looking at um, technicals and doing analysis on stock charts, 
you know, a lot of times of the day and you are entering, exiting, creating profits in that way. Mm -hmm. And so when I started doing that last year, that was when I could really take that pressure off of my business and be like, I don't have one stream of income anymore. Now I have more like three. And then that also gave me space with the restructuring of my business model to um, not feel like I was always spending so much time in my business, right? Like I know a lot of us will have the one-on-one model and then we have like individual programs and then we might have courses. And so for me, I like to focus my energy in a way that allows me to know, like almost like being able to anticipate what my schedule is in a, in a given week. And so when I kind of like, even last year, like when I was taking a break from my business, I had finalized my last one-on-one containers. And I was like, I'm not doing one-on-one anymore right Mm -hmm. now, at least. And so I got rid of that. I restructured. And then I really took time to focus on creating wealth in a way that wasn't like where I have to guesstimate on like, am I going to do this in this month? Right. And then with my business, the sustainable scalability and like predictability came from creating monthly recurring revenue with things that are like 12 months long or a certain Mm. amount of time, you know, and then having communities when you're in community with people, it's much easier to have client retention and for people to want to do other things. And um, I just didn't want that pressure of like feeling like I have to crush something into an eight week crash course and like leave people on their own or not have a community. And I just think like where the world is going, even in business, like people just value community. They value like growing and learning with people and not just like entering and exiting like in a two week period. You know what I mean? So I think I answered that question. Like, like, where where was I going with this? There's many phases. And I I hear what you're saying completely. I just, I feel like you're verbalizing what a lot of people are feeling and shifting into in their own coaching businesses. Mm -hmm. Not because anything is even wrong. It's just because I think, as you say, we've gone through different phases in our businesses with what was happening in the world. And I feel Mm -hmm. that I'm creating community. I'm shifting my offers. And I'm curious because it feels like there was almost like a two-step phase there for you to be able to create space in being able to take the time to to learn how to invest. And Mm -hmm. oh, there's a thought there. I'll ask you about that in a second. But I'm curious as you were shifting your offers were there any mindset beliefs that you had to actually work on to feel safe doing that? Because I'm sure it felt at the time a little bit like a scary jump or shift. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, because I had done so much work previously on individual things that I wanted Mm. so badly to perform the same way that they had previously, but they just weren't. And I didn't want to feel like the content was going to waste. So that's why I was like, you know what? I some of the things like I actually turned into like a free resource. So it's like, okay, it worked in that way. Another thing I, most of the things I had added into my membership and they're like full on marketing content, business courses, different things like that. And so I was like, you know what, honestly, like nothing can go to waste because it served people in the past the way that it needed to. And also if it served me then and like who I was, like imagine like, me changing and shifting and fully stepping into like who I am now, like how that also is a beautiful thing that came from that. Right. Um, You know, so I had to look at it kind of like also from a spiritual space of like, I think one of the things that we fear so much is like, we want change, but we also fear change because of what we have to let go in the change, Mm -hmm. you know, and letting go is one of the most painful things we can ever go through. Like whether it's in a relationship or a part of our businesses or, you know, an idea that we had that didn't work out or a deal not going through, whatever it might be, right. It's painful, but also like one of the things that I inherently believe is that like every emotion feeling like we can use and leverage for, our benefit. And like one of the things just in my life with different things that I've gone through, like, I feel like I've always been really good at like taking my pain and making it something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, you know what, how can I like give back, make this beautiful, all of that. 
boom, the idea is to like move some of the things into my membership. I made some of the things a free resource and it still serves me. It still serves my business. It still serves like the person that I was then who did those things. And some of the things I just let go. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. Like (laughs) I'm starting over, like not even starting over because you're not starting over. It's kind of like you're just stepping off of the previous stone and onto the next one. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah. It's not a total, it's a realignment. I actually did a whole podcast episode on this recently. It's just a realignment. We have to check back in with ourselves and a question that came to me recently because of how much chatter is happening out there about how much the industry is changing. I was like, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. Is that the industry is changing or have we changed? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not who I was three years ago and neither are you. And so what I love is that you stayed in alignment with that and you followed where that was leading you, which brought you more into the stock market. So let's go into that topic. Yes, I'm here for it. Also, like, I think some people might be thinking there'll be, there'll be some mindset blocks coming up for people around this. And mm-hmm. one might be, I don't have the money to even invest mm-hmm. or I don't have the time to learn how to invest. And I'm sure you have some, <laughs> some way of oh, supporting yeah. people through those beliefs. And I'm sure you didn't start with thousands upon thousands. So what would you say to somebody who's already thinking that before we even dive into the topic? Yeah. I love this question. Okay. So first and foremost, it is inherently just not true that you cannot invest with a little bit of money. Like when I first started, like really taking hold of my account and the investment account that my aunt gave to me, I was investing maybe a hundred dollars a month. Wow. I love this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred dollars a month. And it wasn't because I couldn't invest more. It was because I even starting and out investing was not comfortable. Like when you don't understand like the financial nature and like you're not raised with financial literacy of like valuing investing, you're just not going to like get it or understand the value of it or feel comfortable or safe. It's going to feel like a risk and it's going to feel like a scam (laughs) most of the time. You know, like one one of the things that people will uh, I've gotten in DM or about investing or trading, like some people like inherently think it's a scam. They think that you're giving money to a company like Apple or Tesla or whatever, and they're taking your money and not giving it back or something like that. You know, when mm-hmm. help, sometimes you'll invest and stock will go down and you'll see your, an, a loss and then whatever, right? So, but the thing is, it's like to understand how money expands itself is to understand like what a compound effect is. And one of the reasons why most people are not successful with investing is number one, they don't start because they're afraid to, or they think they don't have enough money. When the truth is you can buy a dividend stock today for like $10 and it's a good dividend stock. And that stock with reinvestment of dividends could grow into a thousand dollars in the next 20 years. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, And that's just a $10 stock, right? So Um, you know, the main thing is people don't start because they're afraid to, or they don't think that they have enough money or they're not consistent with it. So the main thing with investing is consistency and being disciplined with like knowing that my investments aren't something that I touch or take money away from. I'm putting money into my account. I'm growing the amount of money I put into my account based on what my goals are and where I want to be in a certain amount of years. Um, I'm carefully picking a basket of securities that are going to help me meet those goals. I'm making sure that the dividends that I receive from those securities are reinvested so that they continue to compound. And I'm okay with that some years I might not have a 20% return on that portfolio. Some years I might have a negative return. Some years I might have a, you know, 30% return. It all just depends on like what you invest on in, but also it's a practice of knowing that like the money that you invest, especially when you choose the right assets are inherently going to imp- appreciate in value. And that appreciation is a gain, not only on top of what you initially invested, but if those stocks or those assets pay you dividends and you reinvest them, then that's an additional compound effect, which actually creates more of a return than a traditional savings account or even a high Mm, yield savings account in most cases. Like, for example, I was actually just looking at my 
Charles Schwab return for this year, year to date. And I have a 20% return on my investment, which is over the average, which is around like 14%, 10%, which mm-hmm. is considered good, even in this economy, right? So, you know, actually it's a good time to start investing because things are technically on sale right now. Yeah. And you know, stocks are lower where, you know, people are worried about inflation, different things like that. So that's kind of driven the prices down. It's actually mm-hmm. a really good time to invest. Yeah. But the main thing is to kind of like get over the mindset of like, I don't have enough to start or whatever, because like the truth is, as you continue to grow your business, as you expand your income streams, you know, you will have more over time and just little bits of amounts accumulate into larger amounts over time, especially because of that compound effect, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. like, I put this money here, it not only appreciates in gains, it earns interest, and I'm reinvesting my dividends. Like, that's like Mm -hmm. quadruple, like, you know, Mm -hmm. what you would get from a traditional savings account, which I do think having a traditional savings account or even a high yield savings account is a good idea for like, you know, personal expenses or money that you want to be more liquid and that you have immediate access to. But, you know, the main thing is like, you have to start somewhere. And how I like to think of investing and how I thought of it when I first started to really take it seriously um, was to think of it as just like starting up how you felt when you started your business. Like when you first started your business, you had no idea what you were doing. You were trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out what your day-to-day looks like. You're figuring out your programs. You're figuring out your marketing. You're finding your people, all the things. And now I'm sure for many of you, that feels very natural, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. I know who my people are. I know my marketing messages. I know how to show up on social media. I know how to send an email. I know how to do all these things. And investing is the same thing. Like it, it, you just get comfortable with it. And in the sense of having, not having time to learn it, my question to you is because this could be a very legitimate thing. Like I'm sure many of you are very busy. I could even say I'm busy, but (laughs) you know what I mean? But the thing is, it's like, I look at it as this, like, do you want to continue being uncomfortable and, and not secure in your financial future? Or would you prefer to make a little bit of discomfort now so that you can have more comfort in the future? You know what I mean? Because really like saying that I don't have time to do something is just being in your comfort zone. It's being like, okay, well, as of right now, based on the way that I've structured my life and my business, I don't see where this could fit in. But if we think about it, we could always make more time for something that's important to us. And for me, I had to look at it where it's like, well, having a secure financial future is so important to me. Like, I literally do not want to leave the face of this earth feeling like I didn't do everything that I could to reach the goals and the vision that I have for my life. And I know that investing is inherently a part of that because mm-hmm. cash flow alone is not, not only is it not parallel in the sense of like how it grows and like how it comes in, but we have to also consider like external events. Like you never know, like things can happen in your life where you have a family emergency or a health issue or um, just different extrinsic things in the economy that you don't have control over. And if you only depend on cash flow for wealth, then you're always going to find yourself losing, losing time and money, right? Mm-hmm. Investing gives yeah. you more time and more money. So yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Actually, it's a small amount of time now to create mm-hmm. more time in the future yes. because you're thinking long-term. You're not just thinking about what you're going to make in the next month or quarter. You're thinking, yes. what am I going to have when I'm 50, 60, 70 years yes. old? Yeah. And with that being said, there'll be some who are going, what's a dividend and what's compound interest? <laughs> yes. I love this question. Could you break that down so we're all on the same page? <laughs> of course. So a dividend is essentially, think of it as like a thank you from a company that you invest into. It's profit sharing. So when you invest in a company and they have profit in a given quarter, some companies, especially like real estate investment trusts and different things like that, are required to share their profits with shareholders. Um, and then some companies just choose to do that as an incentive to be an investor in that company. And in case you aren't sure like how the stock market works, stock market, the stock market essentially like is fundraising for companies in order to move their vision and their 
their companies forward with the things that they're doing to make the world a better place in their own right, which is why, you know, companies like Tesla or Microsoft or Apple are companies that people love to invest into because of like the things that they're doing with technology and AI and all these different things. Um, so essentially you are investing in a company and that company is paying you back most of the times companies pay dividends quarterly, sometimes they pay them monthly, sometimes they pay them yearly, but essentially those dividends are a thank you in the sense of I'm profit sharing with you for investing in our company. And so the dividend is given to you on top of not only say that you invested in Apple back in 2009 and it was like, let's say it was, I know this is going to probably be the wrong number, but $50, let's just say one share of Apple was $50. Today, one share of Apple is around 190. And um, that means you would also have an appreciation on top of the initial investment that you had. So $50. 190 minus 50 is 140. So you would have 140 gain on one share. If you had 100 shares, that would be 140 times 100. Mm. And not only that, but as you hold in a specific brokerage, some brokerages do things differently. You just have to look at what brokerage you're you're investing through. Um, Those assets and that capital gain will earn interest and also with dividends, those dividends, as long as you reinvest them, uh, those will also earn interest and then you'll have bigger dividends as time goes on. So like if you had the first payout of a dividend from Apple in a year was $2.40, if you continuously reinvested those $2.40 quarter over quarter, that $2.40 the next year would probably be like quadruple or, you know, that because of each, how it comes in each quarter. So it really just depends. There's also more to just saying, oh, great, this stock pays a dividend, right? Um, Some companies pay dividends, but based on their profit or their financials and the fundamental data that the company is sharing. Some companies are not good to invest in just because they have dividends because sometimes their payout ratio is high and a payout ratio means that they're paying an unsustainable amount of uh, money to their to, in dividends based on their profit, right? So based on just saying, okay, great, I'm going to throw my money at the stock market because I'm going to get dividends and interest and capital gains and stuff. You have to look at the fundamental nature of a company. You have to look at their financials to see if they're a financially healthy company um, in the sense of, you know, assets to liabilities, debt to income, different things like that. And then what was the other part of your question? I feel like there was another part. That was, oh, I yeah, think that was compound interest. Compound interest. Yeah, compound. yeah. Yeah. So compound interest is essentially just means like as you're, say you have $10,000 in an account in a given year. So based on what the compound interest is, what the dividends that you and reinvest are, as that amount grows, you'll earn interest on the interest as well. So $10,000, mm-hmm. the next year you earned interest on that. Now you're also earning interest on top of your interest. So it's really amazing. Um, and, you know, I would just say, Uh, when it comes to choosing a brokerage account, there are obviously different types of accounts. Like there's, um, you know, a Roth IRA, which is like investing for retirement after you're 59 years old and you expect to be in a higher tax bracket than where you are right now. There's a traditional IRA. Uh, There is a individual brokerage account, which essentially is just like you can take money from it whenever you please. And it's not necessarily just investing for being over the age of 59. I have a few different strategies because with different IRA accounts, with different you know, brokerage types of accounts, you get taxed differently. And you know, there's different penalties for if you withdraw before certain times and stuff like that. So definitely just um, do your research, choose a viable brokerage. I like Charles Schwab for my long-term investments. TD Ameritrade or Fidelity is also a good one. Um, but yeah. Okay. Loads of questions. I'll yeah, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> so if you want to look at it like an extra stream of income, how would that work with investing if you're focused 
on the compounding effect. I hope I'm wording Mm. that correctly. Like, Mm -hmm. are there some that you have decided I'm not touching versus Mm -hmm. are there some that you choose to actually be money that does come into Mm. your bank account that you can spend? And I think that's where maybe some people also get confused. Yeah, I love this. So I actually have a rule. So for me, my rule was I don't want to touch anything in my investment account for five years. And so even though there were assets in there that have been in there since like maybe 2009, something like that, um, those ones, when I first accessed my account and I did some research on the companies, I was like, I don't want to hold these long term. So I actually sold them off with the gain and my dividends that got reinvested and took the gains and took that money and invested in other assets. Um, But in the sense of how it works from a space of, okay, well, how do I make this an additional stream of income? So with dividends, this is why I say like one of the hardest things with investing and why people don't do it is because like you have to have patience and discipline Um, because, you know, the longer that you leave money in there to whether even if you leave cash in most brokerages, like those ca- that cash will also earn interest. The longer that you keep it in there, the larger the return and the gains are. So some stocks and some assets, the ones that I know are going to have a 40% price increase over the next 12 months, I will invest in those and then say like, okay, next year I'm going to wait till that gain is created based on from where I invested, I'm going to sell that off. And then I'm going to invest more in like value stocks or index funds or different things Mm -hmm. like that. Things that are proven to Mm -hmm. consistently have a higher return year over year in the stock market, right? More of a steady growth, maybe. Steady growth and things that are more like dependable. One of the things I also love too is not just investing in individual stocks of dividend of like regular companies, but ETFs. So ETFs are exchange traded funds that essentially are a basket of securities that track a specific index or a specific sector or industry. So if you don't want to just invest in Apple alone, you could choose, you know, a specific ETF that's a high dividend technology ETF and then yeah. get access to Apple, AT&T, um, Verizon, like all the different ones under one asset yeah. specifically. So um, that's another good way too. If it's like, well, I want to start, but like I don't want to over diversify too much where I can't really see any growth over time or, you know, see a significant amount of growth that makes me feel comfortable to start utilizing that account as a source of income. Then I would say like exchange traded funds and um, index funds are where it's at. Okay. So for you, it's not necessarily a stream of income right now. Right. It's what is that going to give me in the long run and using your money to grow as income is coming in? Yes. I'm not currently using it as a stream of income because my main focus right now is reinvesting all of my dividends. So even though I might have a $3,000 dividend payment in a quarter, it's like, okay, I'm not taking that money and like spending it unless like with some of my, some of my goals, like in the next two to three years, once my account is at a certain point and I feel like, okay, great. I want to take $30,000 out of it to put a down payment on like a real estate property. Then that's also a form of like taking my investment income and reinvesting in a different type of asset. But outside of that, like, I think, investing in general isn't just like, okay, I'm only going to invest in the stock market. Like another thing too, when the sense of diversifying your money is investing in like fine art. So like fine Mm -hmm. art stocks are another thing that I love to invest in because if you say like, you know, what is it? Not, I was going to say Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God. (laughs) No, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci, differently, differently. Leonardo da Vinci, or Cause, or Mirakami. Like these are, um, you know, artists whose work goes for like millions and millions of dollars yeah. sometimes. And you know, their artwork gets moved around and bidded on to go to different galleries and different things like that. So if you invest in those stocks as well, which actually investing in fine art stocks. Um, yeah. has a higher re- rate of return than, you know, the, I believe it's the S&P 500 over the last mm. few years. Yeah. I've just, I've recently heard more about this that you, yeah. yeah. And it's also your, 
you're investing in something that's physical as well. Physical, mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, physical art really only appreciates in value. It can't really depreciate, especially if it's like, you know, freaking Leonardo da Vinci. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, DiCaprio is a work of art as well, but I don't think we can invest in him. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that's what I would say is like, you know, it can be a source of income, but I look at it as that's going to be a source of income for me, like in the next 10 years. And even then I'll probably be like, no, buy more Mm -hmm. stocks, buy more, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just has been proven as like a sure way of, of creating wealth. Like, even if you look at it, like, I mean, I was just watching, um, I don't know, it might've been like a TikTok or something that I saw where even like billionaires put their money into the stock market. Like these are legitimate forms of creating wealth and they're known to mostly men. Like if investing in the finance world is just male dominant in general, but like these are the ways that people create generational wealth. It's not just like I, yeah. cre- I make money from my company and have a thousand employees that I pay and I just walk home with a billion dollars. Like, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Like it's invested, it's reinvested, it's put into different assets and it's diversified from the space of like, mm-hmm. where does my income come from? You know? Yeah. And going back to the idea of somebody just beginning, just from a money mindset perspective, because I think people block themselves because of what we already discussed, just starting somewhere, like let's even say, which is nothing to be seized at either, like $25 twice a month. Let's yeah. just say you started there. The act of starting opens you up to more abundance, I believe. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you're you're changing your mindset around it. You're saying, I'm taking action around this. I'm taking educated action around how I want to manage my finances. I'm open and available for my money growing. Mm -hmm. Like those little subconscious changes and those little beliefs and shifts, they change your energy. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it from a money mindset perspective, it's kind of also saying, hey, money, I'm ready for you. Like I'm ready for more to come in because I'm learning what I want to do with you. And you're going to grow in confidence. Mm-hmm. And then that growth in confidence can lead to more abundance and more resources that you learn. Like just all of it adds up, yes. not just as a compound effect mentally and emotionally and financially. <laughs> yes. Literally, I was going to say that, like, I've never been more confident in the financial future that I'm creating for myself than I am now. Mm. Like even when I first started a business, I'm like, okay, cool. Like 20K months, 50K months. Awesome. Like, yeah, I did it. But then it's like, Oh, where's all my money? I spent it. You know what I mean? Like I did all these things and didn't really have the financial literacy at the time to like really understand, like you don't just make money to increase, Mm -hmm. increase your lifestyle to create wealth. Like that's not wealth. That's just like fleeting richness, you know? Um, so you definitely become more confident. And also like, like you said, like that confidence instills a certain layer of just, a different energetic shift around money where you start to feel like you respect money more. Like, isn't it so cool that like you put in a smaller amount than what you get out on the other side. And it's like, my money did that for me. Like it, it changes the way that you treat money, respect money, give money, receive money. And it just changes your entire world and understanding of wealth. And you really start to embody like, that entrepreneurial mindset too, because another thing that I love to say is that being an entrepreneur is not just about having a business and making money on your own. That's makes you a freelancer. Entrepreneurs invest. They invest in other companies. They sometimes are angel investors. Like that's one of my next goals is like, I want to find someone who has a company that I really believe in. And like, they have the certain type of potential to do certain things in a given market and to give thousands of dollars to that company, own a stake in that company, and then profit, they profit share with me. And I have passive income from a company Mm. I don't even own. You know what I mean? Like just different, it's kind of like a shark tank vibe, you know what I mean? But like, it's you. So there's just entrepreneurs. That's what they do. It's not just like, I'm an entrepreneur and I have one business and it's online and I teach people. No, that means you're a freelancer or you're a teacher. Entrepreneurs invest, they have multiple streams of income and they diversify their assets. Yeah. For sure. So what would three bite-sized actions be that somebody can take this week for them to get started? 
Yes, I love this so much. Okay, so first thing on an actionable step is I would say even if you have no idea what you're doing, like just do it. Go to Fidelity, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade and just open an individual brokerage account. Just open it. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, when you open it, you're not going to know what's going on inside of there. You're going to see a bunch of different language and tabs and numbers. Just open it, right? And then the next thing I would say is to go to like the research tab on that that platform. Most of them do have research tabs and show different stock data and things like that. Or you could go to seekingalpha.com or Yahoo Finance um, and just start to read articles about like, why it's important to invest or like why investing is a pathway that most people take to create wealth and different things like that. And then the third thing I would say is to find a stock that is either at an amount that you can invest in or just something simple, even if it's like, okay, I'm going to start with $50. I'm going to start with $100. Find a stock that is a dividend paying stock that has a payout ratio of under 80% and uh, has a debt to asset ratio. I think that's the one. Is it asset to liabilities, debt to, debt to income? One of the two. That is where their debt is less than 50% of their total revenue. Start there. And then also check to see what the dividend pays because a lot of times you can find different value, like different stocks that have better values. So like sometimes let's say AT&T pays a dividend of 17 cents per quarter and to buy AT&T right now is only like $15. But if you look at Verizon, Verizon might be $30 right now, but their dividend per quarter might be a dollar and 20 cents or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in that case, Verizon would be the better mm -hmm. stock to invest in because they have a higher dividend. It's a little bit of a higher, um, you know, initial investment, but over time, the dividend weighs that out based on if you were to buy mm -hmm. AT&T. So look at it in that way where it's like, okay, I'm going to open the account. I'm going to read on why it's important to invest. And then I'm going to go do a little bit of research on a company that I think would be cool. Maybe it's a company you love. Maybe you just start there where it's like, what's a company that I really love? Lululemon, Nordstrom, um, Apple, Nike, Tesla. Oh my God, I love Tesla so much. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Different companies like that. And then just read and see where to start there with like the payout ratio, the price, and mm -hmm. if they have less debt than 50% mm -hmm. less of the total amount of income that they have. Mm -hmm. Amazing. You've shared so much valuable insight. I'm sure people have questions mm -hmm. and are now like, okay, where do I go to support all of these ideas that I have? So with that being said, where can they go and find more about you? And I know that you also teach on some of these topics as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do have Instagram. That's where I'm mostly at. It's Fallon Satterfield. It's a little long. So I'm sure you'll put it in like the... I the, will. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and then if you want to begin to actually learn about investing, I have a free course. It's called Investing is for Bad Bitches. And so... <laughs> I know, right? And so um, with that... Um, I teach you in the first, you know, there's three different videos, but in the first one, you'll learn a lot more about um, what to look for when investing for passive investment income, AKA dividends. So that'll be a good thing. And if you go to my Instagram, you just click the link in my bio and the course is there for you to sign up for. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Fallon. I'm so grateful for all of the wisdom that you shared today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. <laughs> so I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.